0: How can we be glad mothers and fathers? I've already said this, let me say it again, teach them all the time.
1: Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Welcome back to In Grace. Today, we will continue our
0: series on raising great kids. And it's so awesome to know that God gives us the instructions uh, to raise kids, even in our modern society. Here we are in 2023, and, you know, things have changed so much since our... Our years of uh, being kids and our our parents and grandparents' years of being kids and parenting and but but we still have a book. Yeah, the book is is ancient. It's it's been completed for over two thousand years, but it's still relevant. It still has the answers because these are timeless truths from a living book. And so we're going to explain that as we continue in a series called Raising Great Kids. And even if you don't have kids, you certainly know people that do, or you're grandparenting, and these things will really help you. Last time we talked about Hophni and Phinehas. These are Eli's sons and the Old Testament and how... Uh, Eli was a good man in many ways, but certainly didn't raise great kids and didn't uh, do the things that he needed to do, even when he knew about some of the problems that his sons were were committing. But we're today going to look at an example of good parents. And we don't really know much about these parents. I just know they raised a great kid. And so we're going to talk about another Old Testament example that will help encourage us, not on what not to do, but on what to do. And so I think you'll enjoy today's teaching from the Word of God, and we'll be in Daniel chapter 1. And that'll give you a little bit of a clue on who we're going to talk about. Uh, right before we go into that, let me tell you about our trip to Israel. We had one a few months ago. We went to Israel. Uh, we On our tours to Israel, they're 10-day tours. We try to make them very affordable, but still give you a really, really great trip, a high-end trip. And so as you go and look at different tours, you're going to find our price is one of the best, if not the best, but you're getting all top hotels, top beautiful new motor coaches, incredible buffet meals, and we also are with you the whole time, my wife and I, other pastors that I know, and we are teaching you the Bible, and we have these guides that are giving you all the history and the Jewish flavor and connection and a great combination. Now, our trip coming up in February of 2024, we only have room for 80, and we've already had about 40 to 50 that are committed. So there's not a lot of room yet. We do have another tour in 2025. We're just putting that together in February. But I encourage you, if you've always dreamed of going to Israel, at least go to our website and look at the free brochure. And the website is ingraceradio.com, ingraceradio.com. Click on travel, and there you'll see our next Israel tour. You can download the brochure right online, print it out yourself, or ask us to mail you a copy, and we can do that. You're also going to notice that we have a creation cruise to Alaska coming up this July, and we would be so honored for you to come along with us on this incredible, beautiful journey to Alaska with In Grace. So, so go to ingraceradio.com, click on travel, uh, or you can just call us at 1-800-78-GRACE during business hours, and we would love to mail you a free brochure. Now, Hophni and Phineas were ungodly, but there's an example in the Bible that came to my mind of godly. And the thing is, we have an example of the Bible of godly parents, but we don't even know who they are the parents of Daniel. Daniel, look at Daniel 1 with me. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. They actually find this in archeology. span Nebuchadnezzar came and besieged and conquered Jerusalem. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel. Okay, so this is where Daniel enters the story because Daniel was of royal lineage. Daniel was of the house of David and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and tongue of the Chaldeans. So we have a group of people and we know, I don't know the number, but probably a good number of them that the king was saying, oh, let's get these royal kids, these well-educated kids out of Judea, out of Jerusalem Uh, I conquered it. I don't want them to rise up and one of them be the king. Plus, I can use them in my empire. He had a growing empire, and he wanted to take the best of the best from all these places. And so he had this group of people, these young men, and he appointed, verse five, them a daily provision of the king's meat and the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof he might stand before the king. Now, among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We have four that stood out. One that really stood out. Because of, I think, Daniel's upbringing, when it came time to give these young people the king's meat and the wine, which the king's meat certainly wouldn't have been kosher, uh, Daniel took a stand they went as far as to change their names and to give them Babylonian names, which all tied in with deity. And if you'll know, uh, all of these Hebrew names also tied in with God, either um, El, like Daniel, or um, uh, Azariah had the name of Jehovah in the name. And verse seven, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar. And to Hananiah, Shadrach, and to Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. So he gave them all Babylonian names that corresponded with Babylonian deities. But Daniel, okay, here's how I really believe that Daniel had good parents. Now, maybe he had bad parents and he just turned out good by random uh, luck of the draw. I just don't think that's going to happen. I just don't think that's possible. We don't read about his parents, but I just have to think that Daniel was probably around 15, 16 or so at this point in the story, and I just happened to think that there wasn't a lot of godliness in Judah at this time, but he happened to have godly parents that taught him things of God and taught them like the dietary laws that God expected of his people. So Daniel, this young man, in verse 8, purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself, with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He must have had good parents. So the Bible has examples of both. Good parents and bad parents. Daniel's an example of a wise son. Hophni and Phinehas are examples of foolish sons. What would you rather have? In Proverbs 15, it says in verse 20, a wise son maketh a glad father. Isn't that what you want? But a foolish man despiseth his mother. Proverbs 23, 24, the father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. And he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad and she that bear thee shall rejoice. How can we be glad mothers and fathers? I've already said this. Let me say it again. Teach them all the time. Write that down. Teach them all the time. Every chance you get. Now, some families take like an hour every day for family devotions. And this might shock you, but our family did not do that when I was growing up. Neither did we do that with our children. We taught them how to have time with the Lord. We taught them all the time nuggets, okay? I think if you go and spend a whole hour In Bible study at a family time, you have the chance of losing your kids, of them uh, not seeing the word of God in an exciting way. It's possible. I'm not saying it's wrong to do. I'm just saying we didn't do it and we turned out okay. So here's the principle. Instead of that our family devotional time, may I recommend teaching them all the time? It's kind of like Quentin Road has never had, well, in recent years, we've never had a night in which we go out and witness. Why do we not do that? Because we want you to witness all the time, not just on Thursdays. And some churches, they never ever talk about the gospel with anybody except on witnessing night or you know canvassing night or whatever it is. And I'm not saying that's wrong either. I'm not. I think it's great when people go out and do that in a formal way, but we think it's better to do it all the time at the gas station, at the restaurant, at work, wherever you can do it, you're sharing the gospel. And I think it's the same principle here. In Deuteronomy, we're taught in chapter 6, verse 6, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them, when? When? At family devotions? No, not just then. When thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, you're always teaching them nuggets of truth from God's word. When you're sitting down and you're watching something, maybe it's a, a Disney uh a movie or something like that, and you're, I hope you're being very, very careful about what you let your kids watch. Uh <laughs> And don't ever just let them watch whatever they wanna watch while you're not there. Be extremely protective of your children and devices and internet and shows and music and all of these things. Be extremely, extremely protective with them. Don't let them go to a friend's house. Uh, More and more people are being polluted at young ages. They see, they get shown pornography all the time and it, it just ruins them from that time on. Don't let that happen. Protect them from these things. Teach them all the time. You're watching that Disney, uh, and there's something on there that isn't biblical. Maybe it's evolution. Okay, and that sneaks in a lot of things. Stop, pause, talk to them. Why that's not true. Why that's not right. Have those conversations throughout the day, all the time, when you're waking up, when you're going to sleep, when you're walking on the way, when you're on the way to church, in a car, or to work, or whenever you're with your kids, teach them all the time. Take those moments to encourage them, to help them.
1: How many animals could fit on Noah's Ark? Did the flood really cover the entire earth? If you're wrestling with the answers to these questions, look no further than in Grace's exciting video series, A Tour of Noah's Ark where Jim Scudder walks through the amazing Ark Encounter in Northern Kentucky with Bodie Hodge, the son-in-law of Answers in Genesis founder, Ken Ham. This incredible series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to In Grace. And when your gift is $35 or more, you will also receive two more video series, A Walkthrough Creation with Ken Ham, and Exploring God's Oceans. Or get our entire 8-series creation bundle for only $100. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity to learn about a young earth and explore the beauty of God's world. Call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047.
0: Now a question was asked, My son seems to struggle with anxiety about us, his parents, leaving after his aunt up and left her husband and kids. Now, that's just a horrible situation. And I can't even imagine what's that like for a kid. A kid for that to happen. And some of this has happened to you. It's happened in your house. Your spouse up and left you or whatever. Just terrible things happen. So the question continues. Was talking with someone who said their child now grown... Struggle with anxiety too, and was just spanked because the child wasn't trusting the parent. That child, now an adult, still struggles with being able to talk about anything and trusting the ones closest to him. So what does the Bible say about this? Should we spank for anxiety? And I've always thought that you spank, and it is proper to spank your kids. You're not hurting them permanently. You're giving them a sting, to remind them that what they did was wrong and that's not gonna be allowed in your house. And you say, how how many times should I do it? How should I do it? Go back and listen to last week, okay? And we covered that. But we said that spanking should be reserved for rebellion. And I do believe that. I do believe that. I don't think you should spank your child for anxiety. Now, (laughs) it's a fine line because children are very good at... uh, you know, they know what tugs your heart, okay? Now, if they're really worried about, let's say they saw a family member leave their cousins and they're worried that that's gonna happen to them, here's the solution to that. Not spanking them, assuring them, hugging them, praying with them, but here's what you need to do. Hug your wife in front of them a lot and kiss her. Be a little gushy. Now, they're going to say, ew, and in all of that, but they love it. That is going to be the thing that assures them that you are committed, that that is not going to happen in your marriage. And you can say that with mom and the kids. Say, listen, this might have happened to them, but in my house, that is not going to happen. I am not going to leave. I'm going to stick it out. And then you, you give her a big old smooch and just make it make it juicy, you know? <laughs> they're gonna wanna run and hide. I don't care. They, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that gives them so much confidence and assurance that they're safe in that family. And that's why God gave kids to a mom and a dad. That's the model, that you have this protection, you have this a zone of love, and nothing's gonna break from that. So spank for rebellion, anxiety needs loving assurance. And... Uh, I suggest that you do that. And I'd love for you to film your kids' reaction to that, too. So we told you to just not let your kids do things. You say it. You don't have to say it three or four times. You say it once. And they should obey. And so let me brag on my son-in-law, Aaron. At lunch today, his little one-year-old daughter, her granddaughter, Chloe, began to climb up on the table that her and the kids were eating lunch on. But he happened to be watching his kids. And he saw her do this, and he says, Get down. Scared me a little bit. And she got down. She got down right away. She didn't test him because I think she had already gotten that, that her dad loves her enough to protect her. Why would he say get down? Well, first of all, she's getting on a table that you're eating on. I mean, is your house a zoo? Your house shouldn't be a zoo. You should have fun, but you can play on the floor. You don't have to play on a table, right? Get down. And she got down, and she knew that dad loves her, and he's always doing something with the kids, but it is in her best interest to obey, listen, and obey, even at one-year-old. That tells me that you can do this. You can do this. And that was just an example of something that I saw this week. Don't reason with your young kids. So the youngest one, like let's say Chloe, who's one, you tell her, get down. You don't have to say, come here, Chloe. Um, I don't want you crawling on the table, and here's why. Uh, Because it's gross. You're going to knock over people's food. You could fall off and get hurt. Just say, get down, okay? Get down. Now, when they're older, uh, you can start explaining to them, and I think you should explain to older kids, four, five, six, when they can start to grasp things and understand it, the why I think is good. Not in climbing on a table, but the why on whatever, whatever. Whatever thing you're telling them, why are you doing that? Uh, because it is, you know, it's not yours. God says it's wrong. You know, you're accountable to God. Those things. But don't do it when they're really little. You can introduce that later on in your uh, child training. Uh, tell them what you want, and then uh, they should obey you. Now, how bad is it for your kids to flagrantly disrespect you? Let me just tell you what they did in the Old Testament. In Matthew 15, 4. The Bible says, For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father and, or mother, let him die the death. You say, Whoa, what? Yeah, that's child training right there. If you think spanking is hard. I mean, this is like flagrant disrespect. It would probably apply to about half the teenagers in the United States, actually. But in the Old Testament, it was a rebellion, disrespect is a a really horrible thing. And we might not understand it like that. Next time, we're gonna really talk about that. Uh, Why is rebellion so bad? Why is that something we have to really stay on top of? We'll get into that next time. But it is so, so important for us to stay on top of that. And let's end with uh, Proverbs 3. In Proverbs 3, it says, in verse 1, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. And that sounds wonderful. And that sounds so opposite of what we just read in Matthew 15, four. Flagrant disrespect, let him die the death. And then the one that doesn't forget the law uh, keeps the commandments. You have a longer life. You have a, a peaceful life and a prosperous life. And it's such a blessing when you have kids that uh, grow up in the, the ways of the Lord and follow that. You can't live their life for them, but you can train them in the way that they should walk with the Lord. Let me also suggest this. Don't be buddies with your kids. And you say, wait, you just told me to get on the floor and play with them. Yes, but you're still the adult. You're still the authority. Don't be buddies. You're not their best friend. You're their parent. Now, As they get older, in their teenage years, or when they're adult, for sure, you can be buddies. You should be buddies, and that's really wonderful, a time for you just to be friends. But you should be so much more than that when they're young. You should be the parent, not necessarily just the buddy. You're the authority. Um, Let me also suggest this. These are just random things that I was thinking about. Make your kids work. Give them jobs that they can do. Um, you can make them do these jobs, these chores around the house, for sure clean their room, make sure they keep their room nice, make their beds, put their toys away, give them jobs that they can do as they get older, give them more. You can do that for the price of putting a roof over their head and food in their mouth. Uh, You can also give them a small amount of money. Why would you give them money to do those chores? Well, you can teach them how to tithe first and how to save. And you can even do it small amounts of money But if they can learn those principles right away, they're learning how to work. They're learning the reward of work. They're learning how what I do with that money first is tied to the Lord. They're learning, hopefully, how to save. Teach them how to do those things, and then they can enjoy uh, some of the, the rewards of what they've earned. And these are important principles for us to learn as a people of God in order to raise kids. And uh, maybe you're in a situation where your kids are already grown. Well, you're going to be able to influence other kids and help other families and other parents as they have children. And all of us should be able to be praying for young families with kids so much because we do live in a world that there's so much coming against them that we need to pray so hard for families and for parents. Have you received the message of hope, the message of the gospel? Uh, This is the first step in good parenting is putting your trust in Jesus Christ. And then once you've put your trust in Christ, then you need to first and foremost teach that to your children. They need to hear the gospel. They need to receive that on their own. And that should be a prayer in your heart all the time that they would understand that they're sinners, that they would put their trust in Jesus, the son of God who died for their sins on a cross and who rose again. And when they put their trust in him, they are saved for today, for tomorrow and forever. If you have questions about eternal life, please call us 1 800 78 Grace. If it's after hours, leave a voicemail. We'll get back to you. Or 24 hours a day, you can go to our website to find more information on eternal life and salvation. And that's ingraceradio.com. ingraceradio.com or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE. That's our heartbeat. That's the most important thing to us is that you know for sure you're on your way to heaven. And we also are excited because we've got a really, really nice resource for you this month. We have a beautiful, Four part video series about Noah's Ark. We actually give you a tour of the full size Ark Encounter in Northern Kentucky at the Answers in Genesis Ark Encounter. And our guide is none other than the son in law of the founder of Answers in Genesis, Ken Ham, Bodie Hodge. So Bodie and I walk through the entire Ark. We show you all the details and he gives insights that they aren't displaying there and just stuff that he knows. And we talk a lot about not just the ark, but about creation, about evolution, about geology. And we cover, uh, you know, languages. Where did all the languages come from? This video has it all. Now, how do you get it? When you make a gift of any amount to In Grace, you're making an investment in grace. More people are going to hear the gospel and you're gonna get this as a thank you, either by DVD or digital download. If your gift is $35 or more, we're gonna send you two more awesome creation videos. One is a walk through the Creation Museum with Ken Ham, and the other is one of my favorites, an underwater show exploring God's ocean.
1: Don't forget to get the video series, A Tour of Noah's Ark, for your gift of any amount. When your gift is $35 or more, you will also receive two more video series, a walkthrough creation with Ken Ham and exploring God's oceans. Or get our entire 8 series creation bundle for just $100. Call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com or write to us at Ingrace PO Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois 60047. You can also write to us at In Grace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on In Grace Radio.